Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. Joined here, we got we got the full squad back together. No need for the uh, the Pete Murray intro today. We're all feeling lively. Pete Joining Murray us intro. Last week, mate, the show. Please tell me you tuned in. No, I skipped the intro. <laughs> skipped the intro, the best. I feel part, like mate. you skipped the whole thing. To I be honest with you, I feel like that might have uh, been on the uh, a little brain check mission there from you, late. It'll be coming. Welcome back, mate. Appreciate How it. How are you? Good. Ready for another uh, big app. Absolutely, absolutely. They're all big eps. Joining us as well, Mr. Roe Hancock. How are we going? Just just quickly, I want to touch on a little story that Lee told me a few days oh, ago. Yeah. Lee, Lee got into a little bit of an altercation with someone the other day. That was hardly an altercation. Oh, really? A duster? Wasn't brought on no. by Lee, but I, I thought Lee's bad boy persona has come into the Hands? Come into no, hand. I didn't. But yeah. he, he hasn't actually gone and done anything, but someone has oh. come up to Lee and... What, Wasn't what, I mean to tell a story? Yeah, it's please. about a two-minute story. <laughs> That's all right. Make it a condensed version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the highlight. Me and my girlfriend Asia were in Melbourne. Uh, it was about eleven. Oh, so you're abroad? Picking yeah, fights abroad. Way abroad. Wasn't yes. even picking fights. Uh, it was about eleven p.m. at night. We decided to go down to the Seven Eleven just to get something a little bit peckish. Yeah, Seven Eleven. Yep. I was walking past, didn't even notice this guy on on his park bench, um, and I heard, "Oh, what are you doing, hoodie? What are you doing here?" Mm. And I just walked past, just didn't you know, i just ignored him mm. and then i felt a massive shove on my shoulder he shoved me out of the way you're kidding and mm. i looked back and i didn't want to escalate things so i was just like okay i'm, I'm getting out of your way i just leave and i mm. didn't know if he was going to come up behind me and king hit me in the back of the head so i just yeah walked. was he so he's like a homeless guy was he no, he was a drunk old i don't know if he was homeless drunk he was old. a questionable character Here, here's the question then could you have taken him oh well the story keeps going oh. we go into the 7-eleven <laughs> yeah um we come back out and no we have to walk past him uh, I'm a little shook up at this stage. Oh, so undoubtedly. Um, and then we we walk past him, get about three, four metres in front of him, and I hear, oh, you've come back for more. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to keep walking, but Asia turns around and starts chirping at him and Uh-oh. saying, <laughs> saying uh, you've never been loved and you're so lonely. You're a lonely old man. <laughs> oh, and then and then she was, he was like, come over here. And she was like, what are you going to do? And he was like, I'll slap you. And we just kept walking, went and got our kebab. Came back from getting our kebab, saw about three, four police cars. We were like, this is for this guy. He wasn't mm-hmm. on his park bench anymore. So we we're like, it's, <laughs> he's it's in the paddy him. wagon. Yeah. He was right next to us without us knowing. Police grabbed him Bloody to detain hell. him and he was like wriggling his way out. Yeah. And then um, he ended up on the ground in like the fetal position as about six cops were over him. Um, but you know how the cops get everything out of their pocket mm. um, yeah. when they detain him? Disarm. Yes. Get a knife. You beauty. And that, a knife, so if we could so, have... So ultimately, if Lee had have just oh. taken a few steps forward, he might have not been here today. So no, we're very Lee glad Lee's back and he's had In a big one week. Piece. Jesus. Bloody Christ. hell, how's that for what a story, story time? Podcast? That's, um, <laughs> that's how you set the scene for a massive episode. I'm all for it, mate. Uh, it's, it's nice to know that should danger arise, our resident bad boy will have things under control. Yes. Love it. Have it under control as in not getting stabbed. Yeah. Yep. Interpret (laughs) it how you want. You've got things well and truly under control. (laughs) Guys, a massive episode in store today as we approach our our little uh, Christmas period, the most wonderful time of the year, is it not, gentlemen? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're going to rip through some quick odds and ends. We're then going to touch base on all the major NBA awards, MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, all those Mm. good awards, and give forth our front runner at the moment, as well as... Kind of a dark horse Quick in all little these dark horse. Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. Yep. So certainly looking forward to getting into that. Before we do so, though, guys, a big shout out to Stadium Scene and The Cover, both those networks doing wonderful things for us and other content creators out there, not only helping us across Australia, the US, Canada, uh, showcasing all of our work. We very much appreciate all their continued support. So, guys, be sure to check them out, not only us, but all the other content that they have raging across their mm. websites, doing tremendous things. So Absolutely. very much appreciated. Lads, let's get into some quick odds and ends here from me. Mm. Uh, I'm going to start with the news that Jarma Red is in line to receive a new signature shoe from Nike. Mm. Now, the question I wanted to pose off the back of this, with this shoe, now knowing Jar, knowing him, his playing style, everything mm. of the kind, do you think it'll be a really flashy out there shoe? Or do you think maybe something a little more subtle? Because he's doing so much already on the court with, you know, flamboyance and wowing mm. and all the rest, do you think maybe a little more of a toned down shoe? No. I You'd think... have to say flashy is the 
Flashiest guy in the NBA, arguably. Yep. Yep. He yep. wear what did he wear? I think he wear, wears like Kyrie's, maybe Kobe's, and they're both flashy. <laughs> or Kyrie's. Well, not anymore. The New but... Balance Kyrie's. <laughs> yeah. He's the NBA 2K it, it surprised me very much. So if you came out with an NBA 2K default shoe. And yes. yourself, Ro, you think something with a, a fair bit of glitz and glamour? I think when you get a, your first signature shoe, you sort of have to incorporate some of your playing style and some of your personality oh, into that shoe. But in saying that, you still have to you still have to create the shoe to the point where they're going to sell. So you don't want to create them to be every every shoe style to be absolutely ridiculous and out there. So I think you'll incorporate definitely some flashiness. But I think it'll knowing Jar, there's going to be a really good looking shoe. I'm glad to see and well deserved as well. Very well deserved. Mm. Doing tremendous things on and off the court now. So. Mm, yes. uh, the next era of NBA shoes coming to you soon. Looking forward to it. We'll, we'll certainly, when it, when they come out, we'll have to put something on the socials and, and get everyone's take on them. Mm, but yes. uh, certainly looking forward to seeing that. Yep. The NBA during the week announced they're going to be introducing a new trophy. Mm. Now, this is going to go for the team with the best regular season record throughout the league. Um, at the moment, the Celtics would be taking it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you guys think of this? Like, for me, I think... I. I to be honest, they're just creating an award for anything and everything now. Yeah. But mm. I think it's almost going to put a bit of an addition, additional pressure on these teams. Mm. You know, you're, mm. you're crowned the number one seed. There's there's pressure with that already. But then you're being awarded another a, a trophy for it. I tell you what, you wouldn't want to be bundled out in the first round by an eighth seed, would you? It would look pretty horrific. And that and that trophy would certainly well, lose a lot of its uh, actual status and credibility once it gets going through the first few years. You can certainly see that happening as well, can't you? You can see these, like we've seen in the past teams, like for example, Utah Jazz before Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy Gobert left being an extremely solid regular season mm. team, yep. mm. even like the Philadelphia 76ers. And when the playoffs came, they, the they, they fell away. And, you know, to receive a trophy for the best regular season record just seems absurd to me. And it's not, and that's not what despite your team getting it at the moment. That's despite my team getting it. Yeah. I think this wouldn't be the only trophy I think we're going to win this mm-hmm. year. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's a bit ridiculous. But Said with a, with a, with a real swagger there, right? <laughs> a little Louis. bit of a swagger. Yeah. But, um, Lee? Yeah, just another award um, for these guys, especially at the end of the season, their mind isn't on reaching the top of the um the, the league. It's their mind is straight on the uh, on the playoffs. I, I I don't didn't read much into this. Do you think though maybe maybe especially in its first year, it's not going to warrant too much credibility. Mm. But once it builds up a little bit of status, a little bit of uh, you know, if even if they had a a reward attached to it, do you think it might you know when there's teams you know the top three teams that are all pretty close together, do you think mm. it would give that a little more? competitiveness to round out the season not maybe really to be honest with you i don't think so i think at this at that stage of the season particularly if you're in a top three seed within your um conference the last thing you're thinking about is oh will i be send it in the the 81st game of the season just (laughs) 48 minutes for everyone the last thing they're thinking about i think they're thinking about the the, um hardware at the end of the year so i think whoever's um, looking at it when they win it is looking at it the same way we'd look at a, a cross-country participation award it's just not not, something... not saying it's a participation but it's like it's just going in the bin as soon as you get home if you're not first you're last aren't you exactly mm-hmm. yeah there you go absolutely no true words ever spoken fellas a couple of quick injuries here from me the first one being obi token from the from the knickerbockers there uh mm-hmm. set to miss two to three weeks with a left knee issue mm-hmm. now he's averaged nearly eight points a game across 18 minutes this season um certainly hope just the only real talking point from this you know, a knee issue. They haven't specified exactly what it is, but mm. certainly hope it doesn't hinder his hops mm. because I tell you what, he can get up for a big guy, can't he? Mm-hmm. Bloody oath again. What have you made of Obi Toppin's career to date? For me, yes, we know he's got an extremely good vertical. He's, he's yeah. a big bustling. You wouldn't want to take a charge from him, but I, I feel like to date he's been a little bit underwhelming. Flashes. That's, mm. how, that's what I think. He's shown flashes with no real consistency up until this point, partly due to situation, partly due to him. Mm. Um, I, I think he's got I think he's got all the tools. And I think, you know, we've seen with the Knicks this year, uh, Fournier's just about well out of the team. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's more time for these guys like McBride, Topin as such. Yep. Um, Grimes, I think they're trying to usher in this new younger wave mm. of New York Knicks. Um, 
I think he's got the pieces there. I don't know whether he's going to put it all together. Do you sort of see it in the same way, similar to Aaron Gordon? Like the fact that these guys are... As oh, G's been on. Uh, but been I, on I'm, this season. I'm not talking about this season. I'm talking yeah. about in the lead up in his first few years. Yeah, I think a guy like Obi Toppin or Aaron Gordon, they've got all this hype surrounding them because they're obviously athletic beasts and, you know, their highlight reels are insane. But it takes a little while for these guys to get go- don't get going you know, after a little while, people start to doubt them, like yep. me to a certain extent. But I really hope um, he can get over the injury and turn it around. Anything from Topin from you there, Lee? So when I think of Obi Topin going to the Knicks, you, you just think of that 2020 draft class and what they potentially could have picked up. To me, he's just another another, another drive. Not a bust, but a, a, definitely an, an L, I'd say. Underwhelmer. Well, there you go. A guy who's certainly not an L, but it's an L for the team he's playing on. The Atlanta Hawks, DeJounte Murray set to miss two weeks on the sideline with a left ankle sprain. Uh, This goes hand in hand with the fact that they're also at the moment without John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. Now, with turmoil as well surrounding Trey Young and Nate McMillan, Mm -hmm. um, all this injury news, are the Hawks in possibly a bit of a free fall at the moment? Went down today... To the to the nets. Um, how do you see them playing out? Chemistry wise, I think they're in a bit of a uh, ditch right now, and they're not the most uh, humble team either, are they? Like, I don't really love watching the Hawks because I just see them as a bunch of arrogant guys on the court. Need a, do they somewhat need a personality? A little Kendrick check. Lamar to yeah, come yeah, in and check. say, sit down, bitch, be humble. Yeah, I, I, think so. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. I yeah. can sort of see that. But, yeah, it's slightly concerning for Atlanta. What are they? Do we know what where they're sitting at the moment um, in the in the standings? Bro, you know what? That is a fantastic question for and you. And you've got it right Currently there. Currently sitting well. seventh at 13 and 13. Um, as I said, off the back of their loss against the Nets today. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been a little bit disappointing, I think, the way Trey Young has... And the way that the whole DeJounte Murray coming mm. in has actually worked. Mm. Um, it looked as if there was going to be a lot more tray off bowl um, and it was working quite well. Mm. That's completely disappeared the last couple of weeks with him just, mm. you know, going bananas again in terms of usage. Mm-hmm. Um, they just haven't found that real rhythm and chemistry mm. at the time of speaking. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's certainly helped having Bogdanovich back. Mm. He had a stellar game today, 30 plus points, but... There's just something not quite firing for this team at the moment. Mm. Um, it's on the court and it's also off the court at the moment. So, And when those two are firing together, I'm talking Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, we've clearly seen, uh, seen in the early parts of the season that's correlated to wins for the Atlanta Hawks. And One of, if not the best backcourts in the league, would for you sure, say? For sure. Mm. Yep. Agree with that, Lee? I'd agree with that. There yeah. you go. Agree yeah. with that, Roy? Yes. There you go. <laughs> three men on board, three wise monkeys sitting in the chair today. <laughs> Fellas, let's move ahead. And go to our awards front runners and dark horses. Now, as I said, we've got all the major award categories. As I say, week in and week out, the, the broken record that I am. Be sure to let us know, did we hit the nail on the head with these ones or were we were we missing the mark? We'd love to hear who you guys had for these award categories and who your dark horses were in particular because I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll differ greatly from ours. Absolutely. Lads, let's start with the top gong from a league perspective, the NBA champs. Uh, who have you got, Lee? Who is your front runner at the moment? Right now, and and just to, it's not a front runner at the moment. It's a prediction, isn't it? I'm just saying. We're just saying. At like, this right. point of the season, who do you think is going to win the okay. championship? Okay, run your race, son. Now, you? And I know postseason a lot of changes happen, whether it be roster changes, injuries, whatever. Mm-hmm. But right now, I don't see a world where the winner doesn't come from those top two guys in the East. And I'm saying the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. If we're going at seven games, everyone's healthy on both teams. I'm taking Milwaukee. Yep. 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 Okay. And fair okay. call as well. Giannis has call. been like, it, it, there's not, there's nothing more we can say about Giannis. Look, he's great. Yeah. That's about it. Sorry. But like, I think some people overlook the greatness because it's happening right in front of our eyes, but this guy is, top level, and then the supporting cast around him, I I, I say Bucks. I think big shout. I've said the Bucks as well as my Mm. front runner. Mm -hmm. I was very close to saying the Celtics, especially off the back of recency bias of their absolute demolition of the Suns Mm. yesterday, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, or the day before, should I say. That was just carnage. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I think now with Middleton back, Drew Holiday performing at a level we haven't really seen in recent times, especially on the scoring front. Mm. Um, What do you do with Giannis? That supporting cast, as you mentioned, Lee, Brooke Lopez, 
you know, Bobby Portis. Shout out to Javon Carter and, yeah. and Bochan yeah, there. Yeah, All these guys overlooked. stepping up in, in absences there. Um, I think, you know, I expect offensively and defensively, now that everyone's back fit and healthy, especially on the offensive side with Middleton coming back, uh, they're going to be very, very hard to stop. Mm, and I mm. just think, I, I think the defining factor between those two teams is Giannis. I don't really know who you throw at him from a from a Celtics perspective. Who can actually stop him? Yeah, it's always a team um, effort, isn't it, when it comes to Giannis? No one guy can ever really contain him. The Bucks get the nod for me. I, I wonder which way you're going. <laughs> I've had to go on it, go with the Beantown boys. Obviously, the Boston Celtics and. You know, I can't disagree with anything that you guys have said as well because in my mind, Milwaukee is the only other team that I see winning the championship this year. But I think the Boston Celtics and one key contributor, particularly on defense, is Rob Williams. And we haven't even had the chance to see Rob this season and we're still still playing at an absolute elite level to the point where we're absolutely demolishing other teams, other real contenders such as... The Suns. To be honest, that could have been a lot. I think it ended up, was it 29 points? Yeah. They were up by like 45, 45 at one point. Yeah. They turned into garbage time. Could have well been 50 points. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I was keeping up to date at work with the score. And I was like, this, is, this <laughs> isn't this is isn't real. This is a flashback of game seven against the Mavs. That's what I was about to say. It's oh. very reminiscent of that. And I'll tell you what, that again showed real real holes in that Phoenix Suns roster. The, the fact that they can allow. They got waxed by the Mavs only a couple of days yeah. ago as well. Yeah. Mm. Real holes, but Boston Celtics, and, yes. and we think of guys like Jason Tatum, who's taken the next step to become a superstar in the league. Jalen Brown's been absolutely incredible, but I'm, as I said before, I'm also thinking about the guys who aren't out there, and arguably our biggest defensive cog in Rob Williams not being out there so far, and we're still, you know, holding that number one seed and demolishing other real good contenders. Um, everything I've seen from the Celtics so far, green glasses on or not, I think they're the they're the team to beat come come the playoffs. Tell you what, it'd be handy if you got for that back end of the season. I don't know what the timeline is, but little Gallinari, Gallinari coming back yeah. shooting the three ball off the bench wouldn't mm, hurt either. That would, would be extremely handy. Yep. There you go, Road, Kick on with your dark horse, the dark NBA horse. championship. Now, this is a team that I've always had a fair bit of faith in, even when they haven't been at full strength. And that's the Denver Nuggets. Mm. Um, so far this season, they're sitting in the fourth position, yep. 15 and 10. Um, had, have, had a lot of their key soldiers back, which has obviously helped. But I think they're time after time, season after season. Yes, they haven't made it to the finals, but they continue to impress and they arguably continue to go under the radar, even in the regular season. They're not given the same sort of attention and um, praise as some of these other um, big Teams with big players, yeah. multiple big players in the West and the East. So, um, it's funny that we kind of doubt a team that has the reigning back-to-back MVP. This is the insane thing, isn't it? Like, how how can you continue to look past a team which contains someone who is very arguably one of, if not the best player and big man in the league on his, yeah. on his day? So, I think the Denver Nuggets are a sneaky one to look out for come come the playoffs, particularly at full strength. Um, I wouldn't want to be coming up against them if I was an opposition team, that's for sure. Amen, Lee. I wanted to give it to the, the team that's top of the West right now, the uh, Pelicans. Just knocked off the Suns, 17 and 8, Jeez. I believe. They're right. half a game clear of the Grizzlies now. But I had to put on my logical cap and I put uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers in that spot. Donovan Mitchell himself, has, he's been in like 39 playoff games. He've, he's got playoff experience. K-Love's got a chip. Um, they've got these young guns, just just hungry for the chip. I, I'm going. Uh, I'm going Cavs. Do you feel they're a year off, or do you think this could be the thing? So I think this. That's why they're my dark horse. Okay. This could be their year. Mm, you wouldn't be surprised to see them shock people come to playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Very good. Okay. I have I have gone the Pelicans now. Mm-hmm. You could argue that they're not a dark horse just for the fact they are top of the West now mm. on a roll. I think that with that win today. Is a six-game win streak now, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's five or six. Mm-hmm. I'd go to say anyone that isn't Boston or Milwaukee is a dark horse. Is that? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, to a certain I, extent. I, I agree. I agree that the Pelicans are a dark horse regardless yeah, if they're too. first in the West. I kind of still put, I think, if you if you were to do like a top tier, you would certainly have Bucks, Celtics, and you could maybe argue the Warriors mm. or the Suns. At their even. best. Um, mm. But I think just because they're not – Spoken about with that top tier of contenders, I've said they're a dark horse. When everybody's fit and healthy, like they they beat the Suns today mm. without Ingram, without Herb Jones, mm. uh, being without those two for a little while, just racking up wins. 
but when everyone's fit and healthy, and I think a really undervalued part of it is their depth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dyson Daniels coming into the starting lineup looking great. Big shout out to Jose Alvarado mm-hmm. dropping, what was it? 30, 38. 30, 38 mm-hmm. points yeah. the other day against, oh, forgive me, who was it against? I can't actually remember who it was Nevertheless, against, he, he went off. He, he went bananas. I think if he can keep refining his game and just, he doesn't need to score 38 no. a game, but if he's putting <laughs> in points, contributing offensively as well as defensively, mm. their overall roster looks tremendous and is going to be a very, very tough out. I'll so. tell you what, just touching on Jose Alvarado, he really proved himself because do you remember in one of his first games, he was mic'd up mm. and someone on Pretty defense low. didn't know much about him and he said, can this guy score? And Alvarado says, I can score. (laughs) And bloody oath, he can score. He was money the other day. Money, the three ball was just unrelenting. It was awesome to see. It was super fun. And him getting, they checked him out with 30 seconds to go. And the (laughs) the crowd, they were, what what was, uh, they had like a chant going. Uh, I can imagine they were. Or something. I can't remember how it went, but they. He's a bit of a cult hero. Oh, no. Jose, Jose, Jose. You know, (laughs) yeah, right. Classic soccer team. Gotcha, gotcha. But awesome stuff. So the Pelicans get the nod. I like that. Let's move ahead to the top gong from a player perspective the MVP Lee. It's hard for me not to. It's hard for me to look past Giannis this year in terms of the most valuable player to their team. Um, just the person who impacts winning the most, I think, is 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 Giannis. I'm probably back in contention for this award after almost maybe a little bit of voter fatigue. Yeah, mm. yeah, he's back in contention mm-hmm. now. I, I personally think he's the best player in the world right yep. now, but there's definitely an argument, um, and it's a very short list. I'd say it's between Giannis and Luca. Oh, the bookies would disagree Pause. at the moment. They keep going. Right. Are you putting in Jokic? No, I know who no, you're no, going no. to say. And I'll, no, I won't Jason, say what, Jason Tatum as the best player in the world. As an MVP. No, I, no, I said the best player in the world. Oh, okay, sorry. Gotcha, gotcha. Is, is between Giannis and, and Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, but m- most valuable, I'm going uh, Giannis. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go the Don. Uh, currently has the Mavs sitting at seventh, yet they're only three games back at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I saw an interesting thing the other day, actually, mm-hmm. that was – so last year the Nuggets finished sixth and um, – you know, Jokic won the MVP, should mm, I say. Mm, mm. The year following, for a team that finishes lower, normally the year after, it goes to the team that finishes first. Mm, so the, la- the last okay. team to finish sixth mm-hmm. and win an MVP, Russell Westbrook, the year later, James Harden with the number one seed there took out mm. the MVP. Okay. Um, it just kind of feels like they almost have a year where, you know, standings don't matter as much. Okay, so yeah, someone a little yeah. bit lower. And then the year later, it becomes to the forefront again. Mm, so mm. a big part will be the Mavs record. Um, only three games back, I said at first. Averaging 33 points, eight and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists, plus 1.7 steals a game. I don't think there's probably any player who's asked to do more for their mm. team single-handedly. Agree. Um, you know, you couldn't actually burden him with any more weight on his shoulders. He's passing with flying colours at the minute. Certainly handy that the supporting cast, Timmy Hardaway Jr., especially mm. since coming into the lineup for Reggie Bullock there, has certainly helped ease that a little bit. But uh you know, these are truly video game numbers. So mm. I think this is the year after knocking on the door and showing his uh, potential the last few years that Luca claims the throne as the best player within the league. Here's my argument against Luca, just real quick. Yeah. He, he probably is playing the best ball of his life this season. Yep. Mm. It, in saying that, I, and this is just from my perspective, I don't know what's happening inside the locker rooms or on the bench because he's not mic'd up. But I think his chemistry, his team chemistry is almost at an all-time low. Really? If I was on the Mavs, I would be absolutely shitting my pants if I got a turnover. <laughs> because he He's goes, an angry boy. He goes America. off his head. Yeah. I didn't know I don't know if you saw the one where Maxi Kleber um turned the bowl over, but he went he went havoc, you know. You see, I almost think a little part of that's good just because you know, we saw them knock off the Suns last year, mm. took it up to the Warriors. I think they genuinely think they're a title contender mm. now. Mm. So they, they're setting a higher bar for themselves and Luca's leading that. He's I've got- heard I've heard people compare him to James Harden, like when he was in that um kind of ISO bowl. Mm. Let's let's call him more of a Michael Jordan. No. <laughs> a real uh, a real MJ. stickler who's gonna absolutely tear your ass apart <laughs> should you muck up. And but- it also depends, I guess, who his teammates are because yes you can have high standards but you also have to have the teammates who are willing to take on board that 
criticism but that it's he's not giving criticism it. it looks like it looks like on court bullying well let's go to before we go to, <laughs> Ray, let me to HR. this question to you guys from your own perspective if you you know like i currently play sports and mm. we've all played sports across our lives mm. how do you tackle you know if a i guess um mistakes on mm. the field be it teammates or yourself mm. are you do you like hammer people, railroad them, or how do you? Uh, are you just going to let it let it be? I think you need to be one of the top guns to be able to have a go at people if they do something wrong. And I can't say that I was one of those top guns. And that's me being honest. No, no, I, little Tom Cruise not, number here. Not that I was the guy getting ripped into, but yeah. I was just, I was, I wasn't great or terrible at any sport. I do agree with that because imagine if, like we're saying, Luke is doing this, but imagine if it was, for example, I don't know. Cleaver going to people and absolutely tearing into them. You wouldn't receive the same sort of feedback. I wouldn't have thought, but me personally, I'm a bit, I feel like I'm a bit more chilled out of a character. So it's, I'm not as invested, but you I'm know. a real one who just absolutely rips myself. Mm. Like not so much teammates, but if I, like what, we had a practice game for soccer last night and I, it was like an intra club friendly, mm. a friendly. <laughs> and I tell you what, if there was a swear jar, it would have been filled up very, very quickly. Just, yeah. you know, insults at myself. I just do my nuts. So there you go. Right. Self critical. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. Yep. Um, I'm I- probably going to go go home and beat myself up if this <laughs> podcast doesn't turn out the way I want it to. <laughs> or the laptop, one yeah, or the other. Bro, which way are you going? I think we know. Big boy Jason Tatum. I don't want this to become a. This guy, he said he doesn't. He's not wearing <laughs> green glasses. I'm hearing a lot of green coming yeah, down. There's range. a bit of a green tinge to them. Let's be honest. But no. you can't blame me, can yes. you? Like at the end of the day, Jason Tatum has gone from like really solid star of the league to I think this year he's elevated himself into superstar status and the bookie's favorite, I believe, at the moment. Favorite is he? Yeah. yeah. So he. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I knew he'd be top three for sure. But, you know, you look at the Celtics record at the, mo- at the moment, 21 and five. It's been largely on the back of himself and mm-hmm. Jalen Brown in that Robin role. But the other thing with um, Jason Tatum, which makes him such a good candidate for MVP, is the fact that he's so durable. Like he hardly misses a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and any given night, you know what you're going to get from him. Most of the time it's resulting in a win. The other thing is, Look, at the start of the season, I said Giannis MVP, and I s- certainly think that's well within um, possibilities. But I think just in terms of the narrative, I think they might look at someone yep. potentially new who hasn't won it before, particularly mm-hmm. if the Celtics record is as <laughs> impressive yeah, look as it, it on is track now. 60-plus wins at the moment. Yeah. If, he, if they get that and he keeps performing Averaging at that level, mm. I tell you what, it's going to be hard to deny him. I already. agree, 100% agree. Not that I think this question that I'm, that I'm about to ask um, decides who the MVP is, but and and it did um, push my Giannis MVP prediction um, to the forefront. Mm. But out of the three names we mentioned, yep. who, who what guy would you want on your team? And and that's that's why I'm saying it pushed me to pick Giannis because I that's who impacts winning and is the most valuable to me. But I uh, that's not saying like I completely get your predictions. And uh, you know, for me, Giannis out yeah. of those. Yeah, three. I, th- I think yeah. Giannis yeah. as well, and I think that just comes back to the fact that you said, and I think we agree with mm. Giannis is the best player in the world. Yeah, yes. yeah, true. Um, MVP slightly different, you know. Um, you know, things are, are judged on that, yeah. but I think I think we certainly, I, I certainly agree that Giannis yeah. is mm. the Both best. Was. Best player in the world. True. Okay. Uh, dark horses, quickly, fellas. What did you have, Roy? Uh, I had as my dark horse Devin Booker from the Book Phoenix Suns. Now Ooh, he's a guy who's probably going to get overlooked a little bit, but he's once again he's he's as solid as they come, contributing to the Phoenix Suns. Um, 16-10 record in, in the West. Contributing to them getting blown out <laughs> to smithereens the last couple of games. Can't be on every night, mate. Can't be on every night. <laughs> but he, he's been on most nights yeah. and it's been contributing to, you know, the Phoenix Suns, again, really solid record. And that's also been without Chris Paul, Paul for a lot of games throughout the season so far. Got to ask you that. Mm. Do you think it hampers? Do you, do you think it helps or hinders his chances of MVP with Chris Paul in the lineup? Uh Probably, oh, look, it's a two-way thing. Because you think he's going to get better looks, maybe? He might get, he might get, the yeah, and I had, think the Phoenix Suns will probably have more chance of winning more games with CP3 out there. Yep. But he's more noticeable when CP3 isn't yes. out there because it's yep. he's so heavily relied upon. Um, good question, though. Thank you. <laughs> Lee, who's your MVP dark horse? You'll like this one, Nick, I think. Will I? I've gone AD. Yeah, good. 
But in saying that, I think they'd need to reach top eight. And this, yep. I'm not saying they need to get the play in. I don't think they could go nine or ten. They need to reach top eight, preferably top six. So they'd have to change a lot. They were looking all right before their East Coast trip. They've lost mm. three on yeah. the bounce, but they'd really started to call things back. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, he's matching um, Giannis's 2018-19 MVP numbers right now with 28-13-2 and two with two and a half blocks a game. Yep. He's, he's honestly proved me completely wrong. Um, because every time I envisioned AD um, post-injury, I just see him on the floor in the fetal position with his hand around his ankles. Yes. I, I, I didn't think he was going to be a dud by any means, but I never thought he'd come back with the intensity and the, you know, the efficiency that his potential once held. And honestly, from what I've seen, he has come back with, with both of those things. I just want to see him stick, like even the other day against mm. the Raptors, Goddamn Michael Jordan played with the flu game. Yeah. Iconic. That could have been an iconic moment for AD, but he pussied out after eight minutes and we got our asses handed by the Cavs. What was he doing out there to begin with? Exactly. So I honestly think that was something more to it, to uh, be honest. You reckon? Conspiracy theory. Pussy. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I agree. Like when he's playing and when he's locked in, he he is one of the best in the league. It's just a question of playing for him. Yeah. Is Uh, it fair to say, sorry, just no, no, no. no, Is it fair to say that NBA fans in general wrote, AD off far too early or do you think given the fact that the Lakers were sort of seemingly heading down and he his injuries were getting on top of him do you think it was fair at the time to perhaps say oh this guy might be you know past past it before he's even reached his prime I think he's been overrated mm. because like he, he's certainly you know crushing it now but across his career you look he was named the NBA top 75 yeah, players that was, top that 75 players yeah. in history mm, yeah. in history and he's had a real a, a career hampered by injuries, hampered by, you know, they got that title in the bubble. But mm. really, I, I think he's almost been, uh, you know, overhyped a little bit. Mm. He's maybe the to move, prove it now, though. Maybe the move, move to LA also contributed to but that. I, I think it was fair to not completely write him off as a dud, but write him off, like I said, not thinking he'd come back with the same efficiency. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's why I wrote him off. Well, I've got as my dark horse, I've got SGA, Shea Gilgis, yeah. Alexander from the OKC Thunder, a bloke we've spoken about quite a bit over the mm-hmm. last few weeks. 31 points, five rebounds, six assists, one block, 1.7 steals a game and shooting 92.5% yeah, from the free throw yeah. line. Uh, the team's currently 12th with a record of 11 and 14. It are only, well, I think with the uh, the Pelicans winning today, they're only six games back at first. Mm-hmm. So there's a real log jam throughout the Western Conference there. Um, if by some miracle this team can make the playoffs, uh, I tell you what, he's certainly putting them on on his back at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, those stats are phenomenal. And has really asserted himself as one of the premier players within the league. So I'm loving what he's doing. I could envision a world in which he he gets a little bit of love. Mm, um, me too. He's certainly not my pick, but a dark horse pick nevertheless. Do you mm. think, because I did have him in contention, for as well as he's playing, do you think he'd need to go to even a higher level? To, if, what are we now? 31. Like another level. 30, yeah, 31, 5 and 6. If he could get to 33, 7 and 7. Mm. Tell you what, my, that's Luca numbers. My read on it is I think he could win the MVP as a dark horse playing at his current level, but the OKC... Yes. Team record overall has to improve to the point where they're. I reckon if they were in that top eight, he would be a, a considerable shot. chance. But yeah, at the moment, yeah, dark horse for a reason. But yeah, well, there's still a lot to get through. We'll push forth with the DPOY uh, row. Uh, DPOY, I've still got Giannis as my depoy this season. Yep. I think I had him heading into this season. I guess the only thing that could probably take it away is the fact that Brooke Lopez has been so incredible. I had on the that here as well. Event. I yeah. didn't have either, but I said that I think Lopez and Giannis might cancel each other out a little bit. They might do. They might do. But I think he's still an incredible defensive yeah. player. And at the end of the day, I think as good as Brooke's been, he's not going to get anywhere near the attention that Giannis yeah. is when it comes to this award, particularly if at the end of the season, which we're highly anti- highly expecting, the Milwaukee Bucks are like a top two to three team in the East. I think, it, again, it goes towards his the likelihood of him winning that award. And, um, you know, I guess from my perspective, going into the season, choosing him as the depoy and then what I've seen so far, there hasn't been anything that really indicates that he's still not a legitimate chance to win it. So I've stuck true. You could see a world in which he is this season an NBA champ, an 
MVP, DPIY, yep. finals MVP. You could see him collecting the whole lot, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. certainly not yeah. outside the realms of possibility. I've gone OJ Ananobi yeah, as mine. One. You have as well? I do, yeah. Um, leads the league in steals, 2.3 game. His length and athleticism, um, it's really enabling, enables him to guard one through five. Um, I think not only this season, but moving forward for the next five, five years plus, uh, he's certainly going to be in contention for this award. Mm. Uh, currently the fourth best defense within the Eastern Conference, East only there. Uh, but likewise, I think just for that fact of Giannis and Brook cancelling out, out each other a little mm. bit, I've gone with OG. Yep. Anything and you and even like, I uh, know this is deep boy, but even offensively he's taken that step this year. He has. Um, with Pascal going down, he's really been that main guy um, offensively and defensively. Um, but I'll go to my, uh, uh, dark my dark horse. horse. Mm. And it's a guy who reminds me of OG a bit. And I, it'd be silly if I didn't, didn't put him here. I'm going Herb, and I'm not going to say anything. You, can <laughs> you to, love a bit of Herb. Uh, you can go to our TikTok and, and watch my reason. <laughs> he my doesn't reasoning. need further explanation, yep. he says. He's, he's back with old Herb. I, I spit, I, watch the TikTok. I think I took about one uh, breath. You, Lee, you were spitting fire. Please go and look at my previous receipts, and you'll find everything you need to know. <laughs> I'm not relaying my information. Yeah, no, there you go. That's a fair shout. So you're sticking with that there. Don't waste your breath. I've gone for Rudy Gobert. Now, a multiple-time winner of the award has started so poorly on this end and this Wolves team as a whole that I think everyone would have written him off. Mm. Hence, I've given him the Dark Horse label, as I said, despite being a multiple-time winner. Uh, I think this next phase without Cat is going to be the telling point behind that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Just feels like, you know, he'll be able to establish his dominance, being the only kind of legit big man offensively and defensively. Mm. Um, and it just feels like it's been a real ironing out period so far. They're still above 500, but it hasn't looked as good as what I thought it would. The games I've seen with with Cat and Gobert mm. in the lineup together, it's really looked disjointed. It has. Really disjointed. Mm. So um, I could see a world in which Gobert kind of finds a little bit more of his feet now with Cat out and uh, could charge up the standings. I like that. And I feel a little bit, uh, I don't know about this because... My dark horse is <laughs> your favourites <laughs> for the D point. But OG, OG, yeah. I think I I think he's had a really good season, OG, and he's I think he's going to be in consideration for the D point. But I also saw him as a guy who might be on the outside of winning that award. Yeah, not sure what the odds are looking like at the moment, but I guess he's probably shortened massively lately. Three, two or three. I I still think there's a few others ahead of him, but particularly. This season, it seems like both on the offensive and defensive side of things, he's been incredible. Yep. I think he's probably averaged close to three steals. He's probably averaging about 2.5 or thereabouts steals per game. OG? Yeah. 2.3. 2.3. Yeah. So, so close enough to three. <laughs> rounded up. Um, <laughs> mates rates. Mates rates. But I, I think he's my dark horse. I don't see him as a legitimate chance up with Giannis, but I yep. still see him as definitely contending. For I don't, him. I don't blame you for giving him dark horse, but then I look back on like Marcus Smart and he went mm. up against Giannis. So I don't see I why. I feel like he also, also got a big bump from Rob Williams. Yeah. I feel mm, like that yeah. was a Celtics mm. award as opposed to a Marcus Smart award. It was. Oh, but he took it as a Marcus Smart award. He, Remember the robe? He did. He ran with it. <laughs> I'm, not a massive, I'm not a massive market. Oh, God, I won't drag on him actually. Watch well, how about while you're uh, you're running your trap there, uh, Lee? You kick on with Rookie of the Year. I've gone. Uh, who, who else are we going to go? But Paolo Bencaro. I absolutely love these rookies that come in to a pretty dog awful team, establish themselves. <laughs> Sorry, dog. dog awful. He's mixed it up. He's gone. I said god awful too often. Dog <laughs> awful is the new one. <laughs> no, but just they they establish this confidence and they like we said he's been directing traffic. He's been the guy leading that team um, from a leadership standpoint and also on court on court standpoint. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't see a world unless he gets injured that Paolo doesn't win. Yeah, he's missed uh, come come back during the week after missing seven games due to a left ankle sprain. Hasn't missed a beat since mm -hmm. returning, mm -hmm. averaging 22 points, six and a half rebounds, nearly four assists on the season. The only struggle at the moment is the three ball, 24% um, on three and a half attempts a game, but you'd certainly expect uh, that to jump next season. Often see rookies struggle with the three ball. Mm -hmm. But as we've said time and time again on the show, you know, all of us, he's a grown man. He's mm -hmm. a goddamn grown man and he's bullying, <laughs> bullying some of these mm -hmm. players within the league. Uh, yeah, he's, he's got superstar written all over him, this guy. So 
I don't see a world in which he gets knocked off. No, I'm with you. Three out of three, and it doesn't really require much further explanation. He's almost a shoe-in to win it, even even if he misses another, you know, 10 games or so, he's still a shoe-in. Bloody eyes, good stuff. All right, lads, let's go with the uh, the dark horse for this one. I might kick us off. I've gone with uh, the Hawks' AJ Griffin. Oh, I love that. Mm. Now, he's seen a bigger uptick in minutes and responsibility lately. These injuries are certainly helping his case. Um, he's displayed a real composure and hunger that kind of surpasses what you'd expect of a 19-year-old, um, averaging 9.6 points, two rebounds, one assist, but certainly expect that to trend upwards now that he's shown his competency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, he's certainly a guy who, you, know, you look at Ben Caro, you look at probably Matherin as the two who are, I would say pretty comfortably leading the race at the moment. Mm. Uh, but with, as I said, with more, more minutes and responsibility, AJ Griffin could start to make his way up the standings. Mm. So he is my dark horse. And I'm glad you mentioned him because he's a guy who, with all the hype surrounding guys like Paolo Banchero and Benedict, he's a guy who probably hasn't got as much hype surrounding him, but mm. he's been extremely solid this year. And I That's really like that. That's the word solid, mm. isn't it? Mm. That's a good word for yep. him. I'm going to actually take him too, actually. I had Benedict, but he's not really dark horse, is he? Because all aboard the train. Yeah. Yeah. Control C, control I, V. Yes. I'm going to take AJ. Yeah. Um, he was my one of my pre-draft um, looks looks at that I had. I can't remember the segment name, but mm. um, I was, I've been pretty high on AJ. I'd love to see his plus minus, though, because every time I watch him, he's making some contributions when he's on the floor you're just checking now i'll, I'll, I'll pull that up for you buddy because mm. uh, you just give us a little bit of pillar that, content that game next. winner i can't remember who it was against but the buzzer beater game winner where trey young threw the alley-oop mm. <laughs> and he um he scored the layup isn't it good when we have those like pre-season like draftees to look out for and you mentioned one of these guys and turns out they've actually turned yeah. into a legitimately like as we were saying before, a solid player, as opposed to being one of these guys who seem to be a bust straight from the get-go. Uh, so, at a guess... Denny, oh, don't get oh, me started. God damn, had to go picnic. At a guess, do you think he's plus or minus? Oh, you'd have to be plus, right? Have a, have a guess what you think it is. I'd say um, plus, like, seven. Plus, sure. plus seven? That's huge. I think he would be a plus, but probably not a plus, maybe two. You want to know what? You're both idiots. He's minus 1.5. Oh, okay. Well, and he'll attribute a bit of that, quite a bit, for playing with the second unit, yeah, of course. Yeah, understandable. Um, but I think he's really showed some winning plays, some really good heads-up plays. Mm. Um, like it's a re- there's a reason they bring him on in the in the latter end of the fourth. You know? Yes. Yep. Mm. Yep. And as I said, with injuries now, should get more roles and responsibilities. Ro, who did you have as your dark horse? I have Jaden Ivey from the Detroit Pistons. He's yes. shown really good glimpses. and oh, poison. To be honest with you, like I think after Paolo Banchero, there's a fair bit of daylight even between him and Benedict Matherin. There is a lot of lot of daylight, isn't there? There really is. So it's sort of hard to come up with a dark horse, but I've really been excited by Jaden Ivey this season. And yep. he's a guy who I don't know if he'll turn into a Jar Morant player, but goodness me, he's shown signs that he can absolutely cause havoc for the opposition team like Jar Morant would for his opposition Um as well, both so. their rookies, Ivy and uh, Jalen Duran, have, mm. have looked have looked solid. really solid. Yeah. Especially yep. Duran, I think he's the youngest. He was the youngest rookie. Wasn't I think he was. I, I believe yeah, he yeah. was younger, yep. the youngest player in the league at the moment. I believe doesn't look um, it. Christ. He doesn't look it. Boy. And his ability on the offensive boards has been a real staple mark through mm. the first you know twenty five games of the season. So tell good, who, good I, things happening in Motor City. Tell you who I see in Jalen Duran. I see early. Uh, Dwight Howard, actually. There is a bit about that. There mm. is a bit about the that. The way he moves, the way he puts a bowl in the basket. I see it. Very good. Uh, Ro, you might push forth with your sixth man of the year. Sixth man of the year. I've got your boy, Nick, Russell Westbrook from the Los Angeles Lakers. Look at the smile. I'm like the cat that ate the uh, canary, <laughs> aren't I? I think, yeah, look, this, the move to the benches, we've, we spoke about it even prior to the season beginning. We said that this move to the bench has to happen. And, um, apart from a few recent losses, like it was looking really good for the Lakers, him coming off the bench. He seemed happy again. He seemed like he was enjoying his basketball. Triple double today, might have just triple said. Double, and a loss yep. versus Philly. Yep. Uh, a little triple double Russ, off the bench. I think, I, to be honest, at the very minute, I think Russell Westbrook has a fair bit of daylight between him and second and six okay. man of the year. Well, um, yeah. I'm, I'm really happy that they made that change to, for him to go to the bench. 
Big play, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I've gone as my pick, Christian Wood of the Dallas Mavericks, playing 26 minutes a game, averaging uh, nearly 17 points, nearly eight rebounds, an assist and a half, 56% from the field and 40% from three. Is a plus 1.7 when he's on the court, um, coming off the bench a lot of the time, getting good minutes. So his relationship and chemistry with Luca has really stood out for me mm. um, since yep. coming over there from the Rockets really developed a really strong pick and roll combination there. Um, so I, I certainly, uh, I, I've got him as my pick at the moment. Yep. Like that. Now, like I was saying to you off air, I don't have a six man. So I'll make And why is that Lee? Just uh, slip the mind. No, I wasn't in the group <laughs> chat. I wasn't in the group <laughs> chat. Do, do, do you think this is a, uh, a made up award? Not no, a, not a real no, I just copied it from it. Okay. But I've got to ask, Benedict is coming off the bench, isn't he? I yes. think he is. Yep. And yeah, if he that's is. the case, I'm putting him as my sixth man because he's averaging this season or the oh. He's averaging 18-3. But he'll have that – he already had – month on month so far, he's, he's going like this. He's going – and, and there's always that rookie drop-off. You think he can uh, sustain this such a high level? I think so. Um, I, I, yeah, I'll put him in my sixth man and I'll uh, follow up with my dark horse. I'm just going to put Russ in there. Yeah, okay. he's been great too. Mm. Well, I, I went Russ as my dark horse, and it feels stupid because you're right. He probably, if you were to look at the odds, would probably be the favourite. Um, said that it needed to happen for so long. Oh, him mm. off the bench, and now, you know, I think I think the big difference. This is an award. You know, the MVP normally has storylines and things mm-hmm. behind it. Six mm-hmm. man doesn't. No. Russ actually has the narrative and the storyline set. For a sure. guy who didn't want to come off the bench, no. made the switch, is embracing that, playing at an incredible level, has gone from an MVP to possibly a sixth man of the year, averaging 15 points, five and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists, whilst bringing much needed energy off the bench. Um, probably should have had him as my front runner. I've gone dark horse, but loving what he's doing, and it was very much needed for the Lakers. Has the MVP won the sixth man of the year before? Uh, there was one, I think, I believe it was Bill Walton. Bill Walton. Mm. Good. I'm glad you've done your research because I had no idea and I didn't think it had happened before. But so that's a big pull. Big that pool. is a huge pull. That's yeah. a huge pull. Um, well, look, our my sixth man of the year favourite and my sixth man dark horses <laughs> sort of coincided with yours. Oh, very good. But I've got Christian Wood as my dark horse. I think he's been really solid off the bench. But as I said before, I think... Just for the simple fact, in my eyes, I think Russell Westbrook's a fair bit ahead um, in the six-man um, predictions. I, I, He would be my dark horse at this point. Very good. Mm. Excellent. Ro, what have you got for most improved player? <laughs> most improved, I've got our boy from OKC, Shea mm. Gilgis-Alexander. Yep. <sighs> my goodness. he's How has, from one season to the next, has he elevated it? He, he was a really exciting player to watch in the past, but he's gone to like superstar level this year. I mean, he's gone year. to near MVP level. He's levels. gone to near MVP level this season. And we we certainly weren't, I certainly wasn't expecting this kind of increase in his performance, but I yeah. also wasn't in, expecting the OKC Thunder as a whole to elevate themselves off the back of mm. Shea Gilgis-Alexander because I think if the OKC Thunder have been honest with themselves, that they will, pro- and particularly once Shet went down, they'd yeah. probably be thinking, look, Packer we're up. going to be out, yeah. out of contention for at least this season and the next few seasons going forward. But no, Shea Gilgis at the, this very moment is put them to the point where like they're still at a, at a respectable level. And, you know, at the end of the day, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has elevated himself into legitimate superstar contention. I tell you what, it makes that Paul George trade look pretty ugly, <laughs> oh, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Giving doesn't. up him, everything they get, like in terms of the assets they gave up and Shea and whatever else, it is aging very, very poorly. That's um, Stevie Ballmer. Stevie, moment, Stevie Ballmer, if he had any hair, he would have ripped the remains of it out. <laughs> Good thing he's bald. Uh, Stevie Baldmer. <laughs> Classic. Got Good one. You don't have anyone else, do you? Have, do you yes, have I do. Do you? Um, I was no. nearly going to put him in SGA. I've gone Laurie Markinen. Okay. Uh, I said his time going into the season. I said his his time with the Finnish team could be a catalyst, and that it has been. Um, look at him go. He's averaging twenty two and a half, or twenty two points, eight and a half rebounds, two assists. He's jumped this season from last seven and a half points a game. Mm-hmm. Added nearly three rebounds a game, and he's shooting the three ball at 5.5% better than last season, mm, is the star of the team. A huge reason as to why they, well, this was prior to today's game, mm. they were sitting sixth at 15 and 12, two and a half games behind first. You know, there's there's nothing more you could ask from him. Mm. And I know from his time with the Bulls, 
with the Cavs, it was looking like he could almost be a bit of a bust. And I remember we spoke about, we said, oh, is it the situation? Mm. Is it him? Is it what, injuries? Is it injuries? Mm. What is it? I tell you what, though, he is showing out and what a career resurgence he's had. Uh, I love to see it. It's super fun to watch this Jazz team as a whole, and he is leading it. So I could have very easily gone SGA, but I've given no, Markinen the nod. That, that's a really good pick, and I think he's proven a lot of people wrong. Markinen. Oh, he has. Oh, it's yep. been so good to see, as you said, his resurgence. Prove me wrong. I've got to give you props, Nick, because some of your early, 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 just out of the blue predictions are great, namely... I'd say the giddy one was a pretty pretty high one. I was that, I was impressed. Was, I was impressed for quite a while with that one. And now this Daniels, one, like, Daniels as well. Yeah, starting so, today for the uh, Pelicans. Double D, and then this one, namely, like mm. you were saying this in the um, like before the preseason, like when he was bowling over in the Euro League, um, and I wouldn't have picked it probably because I've never been too high on him. But I don't know how you do it. Size of head, Nick's head increasing <laughs> steadily. <laughs> More room for a bigger brain, huh? <laughs> and I've got hey, just give it to give it to Shay. Give it to Sorry, Shay. but give mm. it to him. Yeah. Um, and just just, just quickly on that, I know last year and, and you know, listening to the boys over at No Dunks and they were talking about it. Mm. Um, it's been an award that's now started to trend towards players who are almost in that MVP rank. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like last year, Jama ran. Okay, he wasn't quite MVP level. He was just about there, mm. but a guy mm. who made that big jump. It's kind of gone from superstar to MVP level. Yep. Who's getting the jump as opposed from like non-factor to a star? Yeah, yeah, um, yep. So yeah, SGA is certainly. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's mm. unbelievable how good this guy is. He's one of the most exciting players to watch this season. He certainly. And he's is. only going to improve. Uh, I'll go with Lee, dark horse. What have you got? I've got Tyrese Halliburton in there. Um, so good. And mm. the only reason I didn't. Oh, the only reason I didn't put him one is because he had the opportunity to improve, whereas SGA has just out of the blue had, had this insurgence of, of improvement in his game. But, yeah, Tyrese Halliburton next year in fantasy, I'd say he's a top 10 pick. 20 and 11 at the moment, mm-hmm. leading the league in assists, uh, even with Sacramento so, so high on him. He is a star. He went through that period oh. of time as well where he didn't have a turnover. I think it was four yeah, games yep. where he averaged... Uh, 10 assists per game and didn't have a turnover. That's rare. 20, that doesn't happen. As a 22 guard. years old. Yeah. 22 years old. It's very, very similar to early Chris Paul, that mm. kind of 20 and twenty and 10 kind of yep. mark. You know what you're getting from any given night. I, I mm. like it, Lee. I like that Me pick. Too. And I, I like Halliburton. I've gone OJ and Anobi. Um, I like you that. guys, you mm. fellas spoke about, we spoke about him as a DPOY mm-hmm. pick for you and myself, Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, but showing up on both ends of the floor more so now. You know, he's adding an extra two points per game while shooting an additional 3% better from the field. Mm. Uh, I, I feel like they can probably unleash him a little bit more on the mm. offensive end. And we've Agreed. seen that over the last couple of weeks, Nick Nurse giving him more more role on that, more, mm. more, more leash, should I say, on that end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, loving what he's doing. So he's my dark horse for uh, just as that kind of that two-way mm. player. And as we said, leading the league. In steals as well. In contention for a few awards this year, OG. Yep. He's, yep. he's had a good season. Um, a guy who I spoke about last week who I've been really impressed with, Bol Bol from the Orlando yes. Magic. Yeah, good. Dark horse. Bol Bol, yes. Bol Bol, get in there. Yes. I, but, uh, String bang. The only reason I have him as a dark horse as well is because <laughs> we spoke about last week, the D- Devontae Graham effect. You go from averaging hardly any points and you then averaging about 14, 13, 14 points. Like it. Oh, I like it. I'm, I, yes, I'm glad you said Bob. I really, I really hope he's in true contention because let's be honest, he was almost out of the league. Was, he was a bee's dick. Yeah. A bee's dick away from being out. Yes. And, yeah. Exactly. And now he's just, he's been a really solid contributor for the Orlando Magic. So, Bob. <laughs> I tell you what, did we, were we saying last week, he's kind of almost like a, a Wembenyama light? Yeah. Not yeah. light, literally, but, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, he's got the same sort of frame. Yeah, and, and that, that kind set. of skill set. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm loving watching him. Mm-hmm. Like, and mm-hmm. despite the magic kind of sucking and losing a heap of games, like Bencaro, Bol Bol, yep, um, fun to watch. Could you imagine if you're an opposition guard, just say, look, in the scheme of things, a six four guard is still like in comparison to us, just absolute monster. But could you yeah. imagine being a six four guard? On transition defense, you've got big bowl bowl, big slender man please himself. Put him and Wemby together, please. Oh, Wemby and bowl bowl. Please. Now that's a that would be an absolute nightmare for oppositions. Like, could you imagine just thinking how am I? And the guy, the guy's handles are that of a really like 
good guard as well. Mm. Like he's he's got it on a string at times. Well, it was a couple of months ago now. Um, yeah, a few months ago now, going back, and I had the I was speaking to Will Magne, former mm. former NBA player, currently with the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Yep. And I, I shook his hand, having a chat, and I was just looking up the whole time, like mm. when you're in the cinemas Huge. in the front row. And he's, you know, he would be short in comparison to like bowl bowl. Yeah, yeah. Crazy how big these humans are. Oh. Um, I tell you what, Enormous. imagine pushing them out of the womb. <laughs> oh, Christ, Nick. Um, Jeez, it could be a few C-sections, I reckon. A couple of C-sections. Yeah, Jeez. a couple of them floating around. <laughs> hey, Lee, last award. Let's finish strong with the coach of the year. What have you got? I think I'll have the same as Rod Joe Mazzula. Uh, we're three yeah. from three, oh, fellas. Three. Yeah. He's, he's just been put in the deep end. Uh, he's been asked to take over this um, championship runner-up team yep. last minute, and look what he look what he's done with them. They're, oh. they're first, not only in their conference, but in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Joe Mazzola. Outside, just quickly, outside of, say, you've added Brogdon, mm-hmm. Rob Williams has gone down. The changes from last year, this point last year, we were speaking about, or even a little bit further along, mm-hmm. the Lakers were a write-off. Celtics were right off. The yep. Hornets were flying. Mm, mm. Now, with a pretty much unchanged squad, a, new, a first-time coach coming in, pretty much thrown in at the 11th hour yep. under you know, very unfortunate circumstances there. He's thriving. He's, he's been thriving. incredible, hasn't he? Would you, Would you? because I've said him as well, mm, love what mm. he's doing, dealing with injuries, as we said, Rob Williams, Rob, Gallinari. Yep. Um, on the offensive end, got the number one ranked offense in the league. If you, if you were in the office row, Mm-hmm. And you're expecting Ime Adoka back next mm-hmm. season. He mm-hmm. didn't go to the Nets. Mm-hmm. If the Celtics hypothetically win the win the title this year, yeah, yeah. you're sticking with Missoula. Yeah. You're, you're sticking with Missoula. With Missoula. Yeah. And I think the other thing is Big Joe Missoula's also got. I feel like he's really well and truly got the play. Well, obviously, when you have this record, you have to have the players buying in. But he's got the playing group well and truly bought into what he's dishing out. And there's a big dark cloud hanging over I mean, they Adoka when he comes back. They would have yeah. lost all their trust for him. Yeah, I think they so. wouldn't look at him the same. I you think c- so. He couldn't have scripted this any better no. for his transition to go. It's You oh. can't make this stuff up. Oh, he's been incredible. Who's your dark horse in that case, Rope? My dark horse. Now, <laughs> oh, at the start go. of the season, you would have said to me. I hope we got the same one. I think you, we all do. If you would have said to me, look, Sacramento Kings oh, okay. coach might be in contention <laughs> for Dark Horse. You, I would have been, I would have been walking out of the room and not coming back. But Mike Brown, I tell you yeah. what, big win over the Cavs today as well. Big win, and at the moment, the Sacramento Kings. What is going on in Sacramento? Light the beam. Fifth in the West. Get the this beam on, boys. Get the beam up. Oh. I can't believe how impressive they've been thus far this season. They're a dark horse. Great. If the Sacramento Kings can somewhat continue their performances so far this season but will they will now, they is the big question they've, they've given a like for so many years now yeah there's been no hope there yeah they've been given a little bit of hope a little glimpse but what did uh bane say in the dark night rises there can be no real suffering without hope yes yes right. yep something like the, that yep. smoke rises yes <laughs> but it can 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 they keep this going is it is there a big enough sample size now to believe that they can continue so 14 10 record at the moment considerably early days i would say yep but i think it, i think we've already seen real signs of improvement so far um for sacramento kings and as i said if they continue this somewhat like I don't expect them to finish fifth at the end of the regular season in the playing, West. Playing would be, but if they're in, yeah. playing would be a great result. Yeah, he would be in contention. He would have to be. On paper, they they they've ever since they got Sabonis, they don't have a terrible team. Yeah, not mm. ter- they're not great by any means, but like you'd compare them probably to like the Wizards with Kristaps Porzingis and um, Bradley Beal. Could we given a could we have given a bit more love to Keegan Murray? Do you think in the Rookie of the Year? Um, he's been he's been good. Been solid, 18, yeah. 18 been points, solid, I believe. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I he he's doing exactly what I expected. I I heard all everyone saying he's the most league ready. Um, yeah, and and he looks it. He looks you know? good. Uh, Who do you have, Lee? Um, I had uh Will Hardy. You know, uh, the yeah. Utah Jazz coach. Yeah, the the ability mm. to just string these guys together, let them go on the court, and you know, play to their full potential, especially um Laurie Markinen. Started like a house on fire, didn't they? They've cooled down a little bit. Went down again today to the Timberwolves, but still a plus five hundred record. I mean, you look at that. Mm. You, you look at the the players on that team before the season starts, and you say 
how am I going to make this work? Band of misfits. How yeah. do I make this work? It's yeah. just a a bunch of all right mid and some good players thrown in the mix. And he's, I mean, they, they, they've fallen off a bit, but if they hadn't, he probably would have been my number one. Yeah. It's somewhat the same story with the Kings though. I think in that they probably weren't expected to perform anywhere near as well as I have this season. But even if they finish around that playing spot, playoffs spot, I think he would certainly be in contention. Well, let's go with three different ones. Mm. I've gone with, of the Indiana Pacers, Rick mm. Carlisle. Oh, uh, okay. Pacers beating the Wizards today to improve to 14 and 12. Uh, currently sitting fifth in the East. Mm. Mm. Unbelievable. Who would have picked this? The Not expectations me. heading into the season were zero. Mm. I had zero. I feel like I, I, I'd have to check my notes, but I think I might have had them just about goddamn last. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not surprising either. Yeah, Carlisle has them within the top, top with their fifth. Fifth in the East yeah, at the moment, yeah. incredible. Wow. Um, tremendous output from rookies Benedict Matherin and Andrew Nemhard. Yes. I tell you, what, yeah, what did they have the other day? That three he had against the Lakers the other day will just forever be etched in my mind, the buzzer beater. <laughs> um, did he not have like 40 points? Yeah, he, he had a massive game. Um, I think Turner was out. Who else? They had a couple out. Halliburton was mm. out. TJ out. Yep. And stepped up big time. Mm. Um, but I think now the question will be, can, can they sustain this? Mm-hmm. Yep, maybe. Um, or whether, do they still look to trade Hill, Turner, um, and see or see what they can become with this iteration with the team, with the rookies mm-hmm. getting a bit more experience? Which like, which way do they go? It's a funny predicament because good question. if they had mm-hmm. have kind of stunk it up to begin with, no worries. No the, brainer. The decision's made, mm-hmm. but uh, they're in a funny position in the end mm-hmm. But I tell you what, what a fun watch they are as well. Bud lighting it up. Miles <sighs> Turner playing tremendous. Halliburton on you know on a, a scoring side and assisting leading yep, the league in yep. assists. Really fun watch. Geez, their rebuild's looking good. Oh, it really. is, isn't it? It's happened a lot quicker than you would have anticipated mm. as well. I thought they'd be hanging around that bottom three position in the East for oh, a little while. I yeah. think they should have because yeah. if you had a paired, if you had a somehow won the Wemby stakes mm. and you're pairing Wemby with Halliburton, Matherin, uh, Nemhart. You know, if Turner stays on, like if they had it just bottomed out for this year, I think it might have served them better. But, but yeah. it's, such, it's such a bad uh, culture if you're just tanking. It is. You know? it I think is. tanking is a bad culture. What are you going to tell uh, Halliburton? Don't go out there and get triple doubles. Just play, play just, like dog poo. Yeah, well. Like you can't say that. Tough, tough sell as that. A co- as a coach, you can't say that. I'm glad the Spurs have got into order with their tank, though. Like mm, I tell mate, you what, they were playing a bit too good for what they, they were. They were about to. If they had lost... <laughs> Pardon me. To the mm. Rockets yesterday in the bottom of the uh, West, mm. it would have been a twelve-game losing streak, and I think their worst losing streak in thirty-four years. Yeah. Pop's not used to that, so they they somehow eked out the win there. Mm. But uh, yeah, they've embraced it with uh, and so a real they should. Geez, so they should. Fellas, I tell you what. There we go. There's you know we're about a third, give or take, through the season at the moment. We thought we'd mm. touch base on all the major awards. A lot to come out of it. A lot of different selections mm-hmm. coming to the forefront. As we always say, let us know what you think of not only our our kind of our front runners, mm. but our dark horses as well. We love mm. talking bowl with you guys and hearing your thoughts on what we got right and what we got wrong. Mm. Lads, I tell you what, the Christmas spirit is starting to fill the room, isn't it? A big couple of weeks and Still in the corner. Uh, two weeks tomorrow till the big man slides his fat ass down the chimney. <laughs> Are you looking forward to your annual Christmas Peace. afternoon nap? I, I certainly that you're am. renowned for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I've got it all set. Big lunch, couple yep. of couple of beverages, and now like out, out, tucker out. Yep. Gear myself up to carry on into the night. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's a recipe. You're all for about success. the long game, aren't you? Yeah, you, you're more of a uh, just keep it keep it pretty consistent throughout the day. Pretty even, pretty even. But I like that you've got your own style come Christmas Day. Lee, how do you do? You ride the waves with me, or are you more of a smooth sailor? In terms sailor? of naps, no, I don't have a Christmas nap. Oh, you go go hard early, kind of mellow out in the no, middle. No, you, just, home you just go to Christmas. <laughs> I don't go hard. What, what do you mean by going hard? Like eating or drinking? The, the whole lot. Uh, no, I just, a lot. I'm average then. I just treat it like another day. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's the most magical <laughs> time of the year. But uh, nevertheless, guys, we've got a big couple of weeks coming oh. up. We'll start to uh, probably transition to more of a Christmas-themed show over the next couple of weeks. Probably next week, we're just mapping out what the plan is. Mm. But the week later, uh, we'll probably do a mailbag episode just to bring in the Christmas. So be sure to get your questions into us. We'll start putting some things up 
over the course of the next week, week and a bit. Um, we'd certainly love to hear from you guys, basketball-related, non-basketball-related. Hit us up. Guys, as well as tuning in, we'll have our NBL show dropping next Tuesday night, um, bringing you all the latest news from around the league on that mm-hmm. front. A lot to look forward to there. Guys, anything else you want to uh, impart? Any wisdom you want to share before we wrap her up? Not from me. I'll tell you what, you've just mentioned the mailbag episode next week. Long overdue in my mind. It's long overdue. That used to be a regular part of our season. A I regular think met, I think I'm very looking forward to having that back. Lock that in. Lock it in, Eddie. That's uh, That one's a go. So that'll be uh, not next week, the week following. That'll be Christmas Eve. Yes. Jeez. Right. So no Good. better excuse to, to get a bit of sweet tin music and open up the sack. Sweet tin music. Guys, Good beautiful. Stuff. We will wrap it up there. Thank you once again for joining us. Be sure to like, subscribe, wherever you listen to the show, as well as following all of our socials. And we can't wait to talk to you next week. See you later.